Greetings, gamers. Welcome to episode 45. That's a great number. Of the Michigan GT podcast. Colt 45. Colt 40. Oh, there's a good one. Colt 45. <laughs> back to your malt liquor days, right? Oh, back, you know, my, my, my sailor days. Yes. I mean, I drink anything. That's for sure. <laughs> well, with you tonight is me, Jeff. And me, Rick Talk. It's a quiet night here in the studio. Yeah, it is. Not much... Uh, Metal on metal clanging here in the Thunder Forge. No, not tonight. We, we ditched Rick Hall. He's not available yeah. tonight, so. Yeah, I think he abandoned us on purpose. I think he Oh, it was yeah. definitely intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was just like, F those guys. Yeah, you know, when we got the news, there's not going to be right. any laugh at the joke. Right. If you can you call it a joke at this point. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Dang it, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> just can't get good help these days. <laughs> so what do we got going on tonight, Rick? Well, I I think uh, what you had mentioned before the podcast, uh, we were talking about uh, expanding our horizons in the tabletop space. I love it. Right, and uh, you had recently done a tournament outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as we've been talking on this podcast on and off for the last, mm-hmm. oh, coming on two years, at mm-hmm. this year's GT. Right. Um, I started dabbling in a new game called Conquest. Right. And which is made by Parabellum, and it's a, a miniatures war game, uh, similar, loosely in the mold of the old Warhammer Fantasy Battle. Okay. And that it's a rank and flank, mm-hmm. uh, but not quite as crunchy as the old Fantasy Battle used to be. So it's a little more streamlined. Okay. Uh, and the thing that really uh, drew my attention to it, uh, actually, it started probably about five, four or five years ago at Adepticon. Mm-hmm. They had an amazing display the first year they brought the game to market. Was it the one with the bridge and the big ogres yes. crossing the bridge? Yep, yeah. yep. So it good. was very impressive, <laughs> yeah. right? And they, they had uh, a whole table full of that beautiful, I think it's called a tabletop world terrain. Mm-hmm. It's a very high-quality um, yeah. resin-molded terrain. Um, it just looked gorgeous, and it was super impressive, and it just caught my eye, you know. And yeah. uh, from that point on, I had been kind of eyeing it. A little bit, you know, and uh, the only thing that was, well, multiple things were, were keeping me from jumping right in right away. One yeah. of the things was I didn't really have anyone I knew who was playing it. Right. Um, and then, you know, the other thing was is I, I really wasn't impressed at the time with, like, the number of factions that they had. It seemed sure. like a, a very narrow mm-hmm. experience, you know, uh, up front. Right. Um, and then, so, you know, keeping my eye on it from a distance, they started adding more factions, um, and then a couple of my friends also started uh, note- taking notice as well at that right. point in time. So a couple of years ago, they had um, just dropped the Nords and the Wadroon, were like the two newest factions. Right. The Nords so, look great. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, right. The Vikings yeah. kind of theme, and then also with like the the uh, the Orcs being like a, a feral a tribal with dinosaurs. Right. And so it just was a cool a cool take on orcs that we haven't really seen right. anywhere else. And so they kind of drew my eye mm-hmm. uh, because I, you know, I like to look at the number of the sculpts and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then my buddy was interested in, um, in the Nords. Yeah. So we ended up making an agreement mm-hmm. and we, to, to get into this game together. Right. So we both jumped in and then another of our friends got into the, the human faction and okay. that kind of thing. And, and then just have been dabbling with it for the last couple of years. Right. You know, one of the things with it being a, such a, a new product mm-hmm. to the gaming market is that with their their sales strategy, 
they don't drop like a full army at one time. Okay. So when they introduce a new race, they'll throw out enough units with the initial release to like put together an you know a playable sized army. Right. But there are, are a number of fac- uh, units in the factions that are listed in their their books and stuff, mm-hmm. which don't have models for them yet. Right. And so what they do is if you know if it's a an established faction that doesn't have their full line release, which is pretty much everything. Um, every few months, they'll try to put a unit out for every faction. Right. So, like, you'll probably see anywhere from two to four releases a year for your faction. Okay. And so, over the last couple of years, there's now starting to get enough things out where I can start to really field a full size army with right. it without repeating a bunch of units because I didn't want to repeat a bunch of stuff because I knew that once everything would be out, I wasn't going to want to play with multiples of, you know, certain units. Right. And so we're to the point now where I can comfortably field a 2000 point army, which is what a standard you know, competitive size game is. Right. And so uh, my friend, Will, who has been, he has become a, a Vanguard for Parabellum, which mm-hmm. means he's like a, a company representative who does demos yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I, did I did I help spawn that? Because I, yeah, you I, did. Michigan GT it's kind of your fault. Michigan GT last yeah. year, he won like all the he did stuff. right. Yeah, he yeah. entered a bunch of raffles, and I think <laughs> yeah. he won all of them. He did. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. You're right. So he yeah, <laughs> and that's what actually got him into the game. Nice. He because he was like, oh, you know, I've been kind of looking at this. Right. Well, God, if you're gonna give me a starter set, a start uh, half of an army for free, right. I guess I'm in. Yeah. Right, and then he, I'm like, oh, so you're in? Oh, well, you really should become one of these guys because we really could use one in our area, so that you know you can right. hook us up with some swag. Right, you know, and so he did, you nice. know, and he's been he's been running um, demo nights once a month okay. at the local game store. Right, and you know, and now that store, you know, prior to you get really uh, the owner owes you money. It's, <laughs> sure. I think. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, you figure. Um, Will won a bunch of prizes at your booth. Yeah. So Will became a vanguard. He went down to the store and explained to him that he wanted to start running demos down at the store. Right. Started running demos out the store. Now he's selling a crap load of Conquest. And because he now has a community. Right. Which is, hmm. so I don't need any money because that's my job. I mean, if you really think about what I do. Right, right. Yeah. That's my job. Fair I, enough. I, 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 I sparked it in somebody. Yeah, and he's, they, he's they, still cut you a check. And they, and they built a community around a game. 100%. And, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, and I've been asking him for a while mm-hmm. if he's going to carry this product. He keeps kept brushing me off, brushing me off, right. brushing me off. You know, and now look where he's at. So yeah. killing it. Yeah, Good. we have a history like that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that does make sense. Or not, uh, but anyway, it's kind of funny too. Is uh, you know, you talk about Parabellum and uh, Conquest is uh, Daryl. Yes, Daryl uh, McKay is the, uh, the U.S. representative. Right. Yep. Uh, I think they just sent out an email today of some new stuff that is, I think, going to be at Origins. Oh, yeah? yeah? Are the Dino Riders going to be there? I think so. I'll look it up between oh. between t- takes. And sexy. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up for the news. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So, yeah. So, um, like I said, so we've been starting to dabble. We, we've been dabbling for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's starting to become a little bit more than a dabble. It's right. starting to become, um, you know... Uh, Semi-regular gameplay. Right. So Will and I have been talking about wanting to, you know, because Michigan, I, I guess, from what I've been told, is the largest conquest scene in the country. Okay. And it's really blowing up 
in our region, uh, we have a couple, you know, game stores around around the state. Um, yeah. I mean, Golden Rhinos. Golden Rhinos are really big. Yeah. They're they're number one in the state. Right. And then um, Far Harbor on the west mm-hmm. side. Um, Ex- is it Excalibur Games? Was that the one up in Flint? No, uh, north of Grand Rapids. I think Greenville. I don't remember. I think it was Excalibur. Yeah, I think that, it was Excalibur. The one that was had the white storefront. Yes. Yep. yep. Excalibur. Yeah. So they have a scene there, uh, and then there's a couple other stores over in the Detroit area, mm-hmm. and not to mention, you know, the stores here in Lansing. Right. Both both of the bigger stores are starting to carry it. Right. Uh, there's a Broken Sword down in Plainwell, which is like Kalamazoo slash Grand Rapids in between there. Okay. So. You know, there's quite a few shops in the Michigan region that are, you know, getting pretty serious uh, with this this nice. game system. So we thought that, you know, it'd be kind of cool to get out and, mm-hmm. you know, travel around to some of these other organized events just to see kind of how they're doing things over there right. and, you know, building the community, right? Because right. that's what you do. That's what you do. Especially, that's what I do. It is what you do. Right. Yeah. So, and it never hurts also to... You know, propone the conquest event at the GT, right? right. It's kind of two birds with one stone kind of thing. 100%. Um, and, you know, go over there and you wouldn't believe the number of people talking about uh, already having their tickets to the GT That's at this awesome. event, which is great. Yeah. You know, and also convincing a couple other guys <laughs> to get their tickets too, which is also great. Why I went on the trip. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so we headed over mm-hmm. last weekend. We went to Far Harbor out right. in, out in, outside Grand Rapids. And he had, they had a really great. Community going for a conquest. So, mm-hmm. Will and I were numbers fourteen and fifteen to sign up for the one day event. Okay, which for a local game store is a pretty darn That's good pretty turnout. Good. Yeah. yeah, especially for a game that is not Warhammer. Right, or... it's fairly in its infancy. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's not brand new, but it's it's new. Right. You know, it hasn't been out for a ton of time, and it's cool to, you know, to really see the scene blossoming. Right, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm interested in being a part of that. Yeah. So. In your experience now that you've gone and you've played in a competitive tournament, right? <laughs> yeah. um, knowing that your history with Age of Sigmar is pretty good, you you usually rank in the top three. Yeah, I, I, I right often rank up there. Right, right in the in the local scene. Sure, right. Um, yeah, if, if, you, it, if it's it? a one dayer and I didn't rank in the top three in AOS, I'm disappointed on the way right. home. Let's of just course. say that. Right. Yeah. Uh, how did I do? Um, yeah. Well, I went two and one okay. out of three games. Nice. So one 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 more than I lost. I think out of the 15, my official finishing spot was sixth. That's still not bad. No, it's not bad. And that was just because strength of schedule. Right. Right. Um, it just happened that my opponents mm-hmm. didn't finish as high as some of the other people's opponents that went two and one. Sure. Um, there was two undefeateds okay. at the top. So I was basically in a four-way tie for third. Right. You know, yeah. and then separated by strength of schedule. Right. And it, But the ones that won... They got they went undefeated. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you learned some stuff about the system, right? Well, no you... one I played went undefeated, but still, <clears throat> yes, you're right. I did mm-hmm. learn a, a number of things. Okay. So, it was really good to get out into a different community playing the game, right. because we're playing with the way we read the rules, mm-hmm. and they're playing with the way they read the rules, right. which sometimes. Isn't exactly eye to eye, right? You know, we're we're mostly seeing eye to eye, but there's mm-hmm. a couple spots where it's like that's not how I read this, right. and then well, this is how I read this, and then you kind of talk it out, and you know, sometimes their interpretation's right, and other times our interpretation's right. Right. 
And but there was a couple of really key things with the way you charge and stuff like that okay. that we were totally wrong. Oh, okay. And so it was very good to get out and and um and see what other people are doing. And one of the guys in their group um finished second at Adepticon. Oh wow. And there was a lot of <clears throat> official Parabellum presence there. All right. So kind of Assuming for the most part he's doing things on the money, if that right. makes sense, because yep. he's playing in even you know yeah, even yeah. larger events than yeah. than one dayers. Yeah, um, didn't get a chance to play him. That would have been really interesting because he probably would have kicked the tar out of me. Sure, but it would have been a, a learning opportunity. One hundred percent, because it was there was some jank going on. I'll tell you right. that. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I mean I was a little. Uh, <clears throat> flabbergasted at a couple spots. I'm like, no, this is right. no way. And they're like, yeah, this is how it's written, you know, and come to find out it is. But mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, this is this is, this is way brilliant. sneakier yeah. than, than what I thought existed <laughs> in this game. Okay. Right? Yeah. You know. And, and that's good, though, because it, it, it gives you a little bit of a surprise. Oh, 100%. Right? In, in, in the 100%. System. And, yeah, there's a couple spots I'm like, really? Right. And they're like, yeah, really? This is, I'm like, and oh, no, it's, it's on now. Because right, no, yeah. me knowing you, it, it, how I feel I know you at this uh-huh. point, is you're going to see that and you're going to go, I'm going to absolutely utilize Destroy it. you with this. Yeah, right. The thing you've taught me. Yes. You've I just will, opened right, the can I, of whoopass right. and it's, it's coming on you. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it is. I, yeah, right. You're going to do it. you're going to do this to me once. Right. And I'm going to take it. And then now it's it's coming. Right. Yep. And I love, I love, that. and that's exactly what it's what it's gonna be. They they got their free round on right. me, and still only one person could pull it off. Right, and it was still only by two points. I lost twenty two to twenty. Wow. It was a very close game. Nice. Had a great time. All Good. three guys I played against were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, a couple of them I had played previously in some Age of Sigmar events. You know, okay. there's a lot of crossover. I can see that. Um, where, you know, maybe people have left Age of Sigmar to go to Conquest. There's, there's some things. In the rule system, I can see that are very appealing to sure. some people, yeah. um, especially with um, how the units activate. Mm-hmm. Um, most games, workshop games, it's I move all my stuff, I do all my stuff mm-hmm. while you sit there and watch me, right. and then you do all your stuff while I sit here and watch you. Right. Um, so there's a number of people who rightfully so um, don't feel like that's the most engaging way to play games. Right. And... The conquest system works a lot differently in that I'll use move one of my units and do all its stuff, and then right. you do one of your units. And so it's a lot more back and forth. Nice. I like so that. So I do like it, too. You're a lot more engaged throughout the course of the game. Uh, there's a lot more interaction between the players, which all that stuff is, is great. Right. Um, there's a really cool uh, f- kind of a fog of war okay. method to it as well in that when... So one of the cool things about the game is that nothing starts on the table. Oh, okay. And so you roll for your unit's availability at the beginning of each turn, mm-hmm. and then depending upon uh, what category the unit is in, like light, medium, or heavy, mm-hmm. um, the light stuff comes on earlier and the heavy right. stuff comes on later, and you, it's randomized as whether you're going to come on or not. Right. So as the course of the game flows, you start adding more and more pieces to the table coming off from your table edge. So, oh, like, wow. the, the light units are, like, your scouts, yeah. you know, are, like, you know, the first engagement, and yeah. then the mediums come, and then the heavies come kind of right. thing. And so... Send in the cavalry. Right. <laughs> and so once you start getting these, your your units available to you, you have, like, a, you have a card for each unit. Right. And then before we determine who's going to go first with a die roll, 
we each take our card for all of our units and we put them in the order of activation. Okay. And then we roll off and then you flip your cop card and that's the unit that has to go first. Oh. That's the that's the order you must activate your units in. Oh. And so there's like this cool guessing phase that's like, all right, well, is he going to try to do that first or is he going to try to do this first? Right. And if he's going to try to do that, I should do this. Right. If he's trying to do this, I should do that. And so there's this there's this kind of psych out phase kind of thing. Yeah, you know, there's you, a game with it. It sounds like there's it, a game in the game. 100%. And it, it's a lot of fun. Oh, it's right? it. Yeah, because you're like going, well, I better put this first because I think he's going to do that first. And then you're like, mm-hmm. then he flips his card. You're like, oh, I didn't need to do that. I could have done this instead. And, right. You know, and or I really thought you were going to do this and you did that. And, and that's, that's a really good fog of war. If you think oh, about it. Yeah. Right? It's like, because on a battle plan, your, your opponent may, like you said, Play something that you weren't expecting. That's, that's yeah. absolutely true. Right. You know, like Mike Tyson says, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. That's right. I can see how sometimes that flip of a card is that punch in the face. Yeah, it absolutely. It's like, like, God dang it. Yep. Now there goes my whole plan right out the right. window, you know. Right. And Yeah, so it's got some really cool mechanics to it, you Very know. Cool. So some neat mechanics. Um, their their model design and stuff is getting better and better all the time. Oh yeah. Um, you know their really early stuff. We've seen better things sure. and they're okay. Yeah. Hit or miss. Uh, but they're now it's to the point where there's more hits than misses. Right. And that's a great thing. I should actually re- take a look at what I have here. I, you should. I, I know I have a starter box. Yeah, you, you probably have the spires, spires yeah. hundred kingdoms. Yeah. I think that is right, the which is yeah. the humans and like the weird drone elves. Yeah, the, the spiders are weird. Yeah, they're weird. Yeah, yeah. I agree. The, yeah, the, I feel like those they're are not that, up my alley. They're the ones that had those like bigger like things that I did that I put together. Yes, ended up looking super fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very fabulous. It's like why why are their arms like that? Right. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I give yeah. the game a big thumbs up. Nice. Um, I mean, I'm liking it enough where I've started a second army. Oh, okay. well, so, yes. Which is the city-states, yeah. which my plan from day one was to, to get into city-states when they came out because mm-hmm. they had shown some concept art, and I'm like, that's my army. Right. But I, that's not out yet, so I have to pick right. something else. Okay. And so I started with the Wadroon until the city-states came out, and now they're out. Um, I'm starting, you know, I have a couple units painted already. Right. Um, little more to talk about during hobby time, so sure. I won't let the cat out of the bag, but Makes sense. it's a thing, I, I, and, and I'm into it. All right. Then we should probably trek along so we can get to hobby time. All right. Sounds good. We'll be back in a second and talk some news. This episode is brought to you by Evolution Games, a tabletop gaming store located just off of West Saginaw Highway in Delta Township. We have a huge inventory of board games, card games, miniature games, role-playing games, and all of the accessories you might need, as well as ample gaming space. It's time for the news. See, this just in. Warhammer 40,000 10th edition is about to release. Whoa. Uh, that's, uh, that's news at 11. Right it there. is news at 11. You know, like, this just in. Film at 11. Right. Have a, bo- have a box in my car. Nice. Just got it from UPS today. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you looking forward to it? I mean, it's it is the biggest news of the Warhammer it, it, year. It, it's the probably maybe the biggest news of the gaming year, in in some ways. Uh, it's a huge news. It is huge news. Right. I, I would say. I would it's say up yes. there. It's up there. Right. I it, think it will be number one. Right. And when you think about good news. 
Sure. Right. I mean, well, we've had some bad news. Yeah, whatever. Sure. Who wants to talk about bad news? We do not. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely in the, up there in the top as far as news goes. Yeah, it's it's a big deal, you yeah. know, um, especially in the tabletop gaming world, right? right? Um, they're, I mean, love them or hate them, mm-hmm. which you know, I I tend to lean more towards love than hate. Sure. Um, but they're they're the big dog. Yeah. You know, no doubt about it. Every Miniature gaming company out there hopes to be Games Workshop. Right. That's when they want... Or, or with, hopes that the Games Workshop will will help them maybe get a little extra. Yeah, maybe, but know. that's where they want to be when they grow up, right? right? right. You know, and yeah. they're, the, they're the big daddy. Yeah. And this is their their flagship mm-hmm. enterprise, right? 100%. This has been a number of years, and I don't know if this still holds true, but um, I used to be an outrider for okay. Games Workshop way back okay. in the day. Okay. which is a Vanguard, similar, you know. Right. Um, and I was told at that time, so we're talking early-ish 2000s, like 2002, right. 2003, that Space Marines, mm-hmm. just Space Marines, not Warhammer 40,000, right. Space Marines, right. sold more than all of their other products combined. Jesus. Yes. Just Space Marines. Just Space Marines. That's nuts. Now, granted, that was a long time ago and yeah. a lot fewer armies ago, right? Sure. They, they've expanded their model line substantially in 20 years. Right. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, at that time, that's how big of a deal the Space Marine was to Games right. Workshop. That's wild. Yes. And they've they've ridden that horse oh, uh, hard. Yeah. And successfully. Successfully. Right. Yeah, that's, that, that is a show horse right yeah, now. That is a show horse. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy. Yeah. So this is a big deal for them. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that play Warhammer 40,000. Uh, there are a ton of, you know, enthusiastic players, and there are even more casual players. Right. And, you know, for every person you see in the local hobby shop playing the game on whatever their night is, right. there's 20 people at home playing in their garage or their basement. Right. right? right. They're, just, they're just casuals. Just casuals. Yeah. You know, just you and me hanging out. Thunderforge yeah. Studio is going right. to... You know, play a game once every month or two. Right. You know, that's that's right. the bread and butter of the, their of their course. fan base, really, right? Yeah. We only hear about the loud minority. Yeah, the loud 20%. Oh, if that. If that. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, I, I thought it was kind of interesting in regards to 10th edition because uh, this year was my first year going to Adepticon. Yes. And I knew that Warhammer Games Workshop did a uh, preview, mm-hmm. preview night on Wednesday. And um, when I'm sitting in there and they are announcing 10th edition and the energy of the crowd over this announcement. Blew up, huh? It was, it was nuts because yeah. I, for me, someone who, again, I've, like I, I, and I'll say it a thousand times after this, is I've painted lots of Warhammer miniatures right. or Games Workshop product. I've never played a game of Warhammer. Mm-hmm. And as an outside looking in kind of, situation at the beginning of the pandemic eighth edition came out ninth but yes or was it ninth, it was ninth in, yep. indominus yep that was ninth oh ninth edition so so it was before it wasn't that long before that when whatever the bit what, what was the the eighth edition box called it because it yeah, also had a name it did but i can't remember right yes. um because i i do remember getting it and uh me and dave taylor doing a Episode of Painting the Happy Little Makes sense. That was about it. time. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, six years ago. Yeah. Right? So we're doing that, and then to me, it was just like 
I, didn't that other set like just come out? Three years. Na, na, every ninth, three. Ninth edition. And yeah, so it's been about yeah, three, years, three years. And here's 10th edition. I'm we like, are. that is a fast yes. turnover. Yes, and, it is. And the, but I also understand that for uh, marketing and, it's cap, their business model, and, right? and capitalism, yeah, it's, you know their, it is, it's their business model. Is all those codexes? Is that yep, what they're called? Yeah, codexes. Army are, books. Yep. Are null after night for ninth. Yeah, which is not something they do. Every oh, time, not? No, okay, it's not a normal. It's not a normal. They did it in eighth, okay, and then they are doing it again in tenth, okay. But prior to eighth, they hadn't done that. It must have been third. Oh wow! So those codexes lasted a long well, time. With some many, errata. many of them had had been renewed, right? Or up, you know, completely mm. replaced. Sure. Um, but you know, there was a couple of outliers that were like ten years old. Oh wow! You know, but um. Not common, but okay. like one or two. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so the rule set from third through seventh was similar enough. With minor errata. My, right. Sure. Basically, yeah. you know, to the rule set. It was similar okay. enough that theoretically you could take a book that was designed for third or fourth edition and still be playing it in seventh. Okay. Now, like I said... Almost all of them had had refreshes, sometimes multiple refreshes between, sure. you know, like Space Marines got refreshed every single edition. Of course they did, right? Because they're the flagship, right? Right. Um, but other things like maybe like the Dark Eldar, mm. they had their initial release, right? And then they sat for ten years. Wow. And then they got a new release with all new models too, oh, okay. which was kind of cool at the time. Yeah, that is pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, so when they dropped eighth, they wiped all the books out, yeah. and then when they are now dropping 10th, they're wiping all the books out again. Right. Which I'm sure there are going to be a loud I, section of the audience that are not I, thrilled with having their investments wiped out. Sure. But I, I also think that there's going to, it, it may not be as loud as previous iterations of this because with the streamlining of the rule set, yes. those, those new codexes are going to be necessary to. Right. To so I'm, I'm super interested to check it out. Yeah. Because uh, from. A lot of what I've heard and what I've read, which hasn't been a ton, right? Um, they are adopting a lot of the things from Age of Sigmar that I like about Age of Sigmar. Nice. Right? So a lot of that streamlining that you're talking about, you know, you don't have to get a calculator out to build your army lists. <laughs> right. you, you don't. You, right. you just don't. You know, it's yeah. it's super straightforward. Okay. Uh, where the 40K of previous editions has gotten more and more and more complicated. Okay. And more and more and more um Crunchy. Crunchy. Crunchy is a great word. Right. Well, if I take this gun and turn it into this gun, then I'll be, go from 2001 points to 1,999 points, you know, where you know you just don't have that need to sigma. Right. And um, it can get tedious. I'm sure. Especially when you have whatever they have, 30 different codexes for that game, Oof. which it's, it's a very tough thing to keep up with, right? 100%. So I'm really hoping that... The fact that they're streamlining things mm -hmm. makes it uh, more approachable for the casual gamer. Right. So, is there a faction? Uh, and this doesn't necessarily mean for uh, for just tenth edition, but in general, in Warhammer, is there a faction called that is based on on law? In forty k. Forty k. On the law. Yeah. Like law and justice, justice, law yeah. and order. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a couple. Okay. Um. I I, I saw one of those like word puzzle things that mm -hmm. says the first. 
The first word you find is the faction you have to play. Okay, and then you found Law. And law. Okay. And then right after that, I saw Gene Steelers. Oh, but Gene I'm, Steelers and Law do not go together. I'm sure they do not. Yeah. But I was like, ooh, do I go with Law or do I go with Gene Steelers? <laughs> Gene Steelers are like the big thing for 10th edition, isn't it? Or, in, or is no, it? No, or that, is it, that's Tyranids. Tyranids. And, and Gene Steelers are a unit in Tyranids. Okay. But what that probably would be more referring to would be the Gene Steeler cults. And so in the 40K lore, yeah. the gene steal- the Tyranids send out these gene stealers. Mm. They're like a, an advanced infiltrating force. Okay. And they, like the alien mm-hmm. and aliens, mm-hmm. you know, they'll ingest themselves into the local human population. Right. And these cults form around, mm. around these creatures, right? They start to worship these creatures okay. as, as they've, they're mixing the Tyranid genes in with the human genes and right. they're becoming more and more Tyranid, more and more gene stealers as their generations okay. go deeper and deeper and deeper. Okay. So, and see, this is one of the things that makes 40K amazing, right? right. The lore so, is crazy. You can't touch the lore. No right. no game can touch the lore of 40K. Yeah. It's amazing lore. Right. It is just the best. Right. And no one will ever, at this point, I don't see how you can come close. Right. It's just so deep. And so many years upon years upon years of stories and, and that's, history. And that, that was the thing that uh, honestly almost and may have sold me on maybe putting something together for myself for okay. the game was when sitting in that announcement at Adepticon mm-hmm. and they're talking about it's the return of the Tyranids, right, invasion. Well, and they announced the return of the Lion in, right. in that, in right. that uh, preview also, right? Right. Lionel Johnson, you know, he's the prime arc of the first chapter, the Dark Angels. Right. You know, he's been in stasis for 10,000 years. And it's coming out of stasis to fight the new threat, which right. is the Tyranids, right? Right. And so that the lore alone yes. makes me not, maybe not play competitive. Sure, dabble. But play in a in a um, uh, campaign-based storyline type of situation. Yeah, that'd be fun. I would I would definitely want to play something like that. Like, I, I would like to be uh, Tyranids. In this, where I am part of this invasion coming into your space, sure, just trying to take it all over, and then time you get a hold of that box set. That's a great yeah, starter box. Dang it, right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, and it, the models look so good. Right, it, it's not a it's not a drop in the bucket. It's two hundred and fifty dollars, right? right? Which is not insubstantial. Correct. That's that's expensive. Right. But but but. The value that they're giving you inside that two hundred fifty dollars is insane. Right. Uh, you know, just models alone. We're not talking books, rulers, right. anything else. Mm-hmm. You're well over five hundred dollars at MSRP. In right. Uh, of yeah. what they would charge. Right. You, you know, well over. Right. I mean, I've heard some insane estimates in like the seven eight hundred dollar range. I don't know how accurate that sure. is, but let's be conservative and say five. Right. Right. So you're getting. You know, they say first hits free. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna, yeah. they're gonna get, get, oh, yeah. get you all pumped they're, up. They're sucking you in. Yeah. You know, and figure if you got a buddy, split yep. that in half. Yep. Right. I'll take the Marines. You take the Tyranids, and exactly. and we'll battle it out. Right. So there's there's a really good chance uh, that I might become a convert for casual campaign story based play. That'd be fun as heck. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun as heck. And I think the studio here would be better for it. Oh, I. How could it not? Right, right. If, it's content. Well, well, not, I'm, I'm not thinking about that. Yeah, even though that is always on my mind. Well, it should always be on your mind. But it is. I'm more thinking like, if you're gonna play 
it and let's say Will or Mark or mm-hmm. our, right. our, our, our circle. Our, our little circle, right. It's like, yeah, let's do a campaign setting thing down here where, you know, two of you guys are Tyranid players and two of us are Space Marines or whatever. Or whatever, faction. right. I got factions up my nose. Right. And right. then we're, here's the campaign setting. This sure. is uh, invasion in, on, on sectors. Planet Z. Yeah, whatever. it could be fun as heck. Yeah. Right. And if and, and whoever wins. And if I were to play some 10th edition, that is the style of 10th edition I would be interested in playing. Right. Um, I didn't play a ton of 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had gone all in, in in Age of Sigmar by that point. Right. And it was more my jam sure. at that point in time. Okay. Um, when 9th first dropped, though, we did do a number, because they had that campaign style play. Right. That was one of the big selling points of Ninth Edition, mm-hmm. and we did that for a while, and it was fun. Okay. You know, you had you know your little unit cards that you had, and right. you could keep track of your units. And if the units survived the battle, you get a roll on like an experience chart, and you know, right. and they, bump them up. Right, they they you know became marksmen, and you know, right. hit easier or wounded easier or whatever. Yeah. You know, and right. um, that stuff has always been appealing to me. Yeah. Right, but. You need a good tight knit group to do it. Correct. Right. That, that's why I said the the, the the studio would be better for it because I think we have that. I agree. Right. You know, and you want to keep it small. Yeah. And you want to keep it. I'm thinking like six people at tops. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I agree. It'd be fun. I, yeah. It would be fun to talk about on the podcast too. God dang it. Yeah. It would be. It'd be great. <laughs> and listen, I have multiple armies. You know, I could put towards that. You right. know, and I. Uh, I went in heavy with the Sisters of Battle when they got refreshed right. a few years ago okay. and painted them all up, and they played like four games. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty okay. sad, really. Yeah, you know, to go through all that effort and stuff, yeah. and I'm like, all right, I really have not gotten good return on investment on this army. What we should do is we should get we should pick our six. Mm-hmm. We should do our builds. All right, yeah, whatever the point cost is, and between each our story piece. There is a bump of potential point. Love it, right? Yeah, um, a little like a slow grow league, like a slow grow league. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think it would be cool as if each of us wrote a scenario. So there'd be six scenarios in the in the campaign. Okay, and you know we could draw out of the hat like you get scenario one. So you're the first. The, you're the invasion start. Sure, and you have to write that 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 scenario and whatever. And then uh, three are tyrannid players and three are non tyrannid. Okay, and then like three Imperial, three Terranid or something yeah, like, like that. Whoever wins. It's a really easy story arc to draw up, too, course, right? Yeah. yeah. Much easier than trying to mix all these, you know, different races and stuff coming right. into things, right? And then uh, depending on who wins, like if the Tyranid forces defeat like two to one right, uh, against the Imperial forces. That's, then, a, that's a win for the Tyranids, right? right? So yeah. they get a little bump sure. right, in the yeah. next phase because they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're inspired. Sure. They're, they're they're hungry. They're they're they've swarmed a planet. Right now, their 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 masses have grown. Oh yeah, you know. So um, back in the day, we're talking third fourth edition, forty yeah. k, long time ago. Right. You know, and I I was new to this region. You know, I had okay. a really good buddy of mine who I had met in playing forty k. Right. Yeah. We used to play. We were arch rivals, best of friends, but right. but worst of enemies on the tabletop. Right. Of course. And um, you know, he would. He was playing chaos all the time, and I was playing imperial all the time. We were just yeah. fighting it out all the time. Yeah. So, we did this campaign for a while, and it was great. Right. Uh, and you kept track of it. We got there's some 
nerd that wrote this campaign software, hand coded it and stuff, right. and it was just it would track you on the map and stuff like right. that. And then you're moving your pieces on on this kind of computer screen, right? And then when your two forces would, yeah, would meet up, then you would play a game in person. Oh, nice! It was it was really cool. And but what you would get sometimes with that building off your your idea here, yeah, um, is sometimes you would get some off balance games because right. I might have uh, an 800 point army running around claiming mm-hmm. territory, and my opponent might have a 2,000 point army oh, right. coming around, like you know, because you had you had yeah. like this. M- big pool of points and then you could split it up however you wanted right. you know into your little banners moving around the map right and so we would get to the point and, and be like well i have you know only 100 points and you got 2000 this is only going to go one way do you want to just call it and then right. the, the the person who was lower would always go no i'm not just calling it we're playing nice. because i'm going to do everything i can to blow up your tanks or whatever right. whatever my little objective is in this game right if i can just cripple that one thing it might make my next game against you easier right you know so it, it got to be this really weird um well yeah micro yeah. game within a game yeah, right cause, yeah because if you if you meet up and your opponent has a larger armor army but you know if i destroy his tanks he can't use them in the next encounter. that's exactly it right that's a great idea like, yes yeah if you lose these these forces they're gone. It really, it really became a game of resource management slash oh, protection, yeah. right? That's cool. Yeah, it ended up, it ended up being really fun. Dang it! And we did that for a while. We need to incorporate that into this All right. campaign let's, as well. Let's work on it. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, but with the with the with the advancement, like again, if it's a two in one scenario, and the Tyranids win, they're going to get. So those three players are going to get a boost, right? But the one Imperial unit that did well should also get a boost. Right. Right? Or the yeah. other two are just like, well, we're, we're screwed. Rico's yeah. Roughnecks, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? And yeah, then the whole army got their rust kicked, but that unit had a yeah. good outing. Yeah, they did. Right. I think that'd be great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That'd be fun. Dang it. Well, let's quit the news segment, really. Yeah, and then we're not even done. I know. What else you got? So uh, by the time this airs, the, mm-hmm. the Kickstarter will be really deep into it, but... Um, uh, Seth Lefager, who makes Gloomhaven, Frosthaven, right on. launched a Kickstarter today uh, that sp- speaks to their uh, second edition of Gloomhaven. Oh, exciting. Uh, the RPG and their huge miniature line. Wow. That is coming out. Uh, it's, I want to say, like 180 unique miniatures, but if you do a full miniature um, conversion for your, for your uh, Gloomhaven, mm-hmm. it's like 600 miniatures. To that, take every crazy. every monster standee that is in there and replace it with a with a physical okay. miniature. So were they little cardboard stand ups or something like that? Well, they have some miniatures in the core, but okay. this is but the rest were stand up or cardboard standees. Oh, okay, yeah. that, that's exciting. It's super exciting, and uh, I'm assuming that's a decent buy in though. It, if it's 600 miniatures, it has to be. It is. Okay, um, I think it's a little over. From what I could tell, it looks like. Three hundred and fifty dollars. That sounds reasonable, though, for six hundred miniatures. Yeah. Two bucks a miniature—that's a bargain. I agree. Because I'm sure the sculpts are going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, they look great. Of course they do. Well, what, I've already painted. How? I've already painted one. Oh, you have? Yeah. yeah. Well, what'd you paint? Um, I painted. It looks like like uh, it's this creature that has like these horns. I can't remember what it was called. Okay, I, I remember you painting. Yeah. I, I saw the your episode. There. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but those are uh, those are prototypes of the miniatures that are going to be in the okay. In the, in so the so this is a. Uh, Two episodes in a row that you've had some sneak previews on your your little uh, TV yeah. show. What, now, why don't you share the news about that a little bit? 
I know you talked about it already, but right. build on it some more. All right, so um, I'm now running. I now have a uh, program on Gen Con TV right on. called Path of the Brush, yep. where um, it's a painting show, but it's not your traditional painting show where it's just somebody sitting there painting a miniature and individually talking to you right. about the model. Right. Um, granted, it's kind of a my next episode is kind of like that, but that's okay. Um, but it's more like an interview with an industry professional sure. around a product or, or brand piece. Right. Uh, that is exclusive to their thing kind of a space ghost coast to coast but with miniatures right, right. Yeah. yeah um and so far we've had alex Knaus from mm-hmm. resnova games who was our first guest right um our second guest was um cephalofair yep. yeah yeah cephalofair and we had uh like their art director mm-hmm. uh on and uh, also one of their editors sweet and um their their cosplay yes uh, the monica cosplay guru there yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, that was a lot of fun. We got to see the, uh, some of the miniatures from the upcoming, from the current Kickstarter. Right. And then uh, a third episode was the Army Painter with Adam. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that was a good episode. I liked yeah. Adam a lot. And we got to paint a model from Victoria. Speaking of 40K, he's a big 40K guy. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was a, um, a model from Victoria Miniatures. Yes, an all- alternate Rough Rider. Right. Right. Yeah. And it was uh, fun. Yeah, kind of a winged hussar theme, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he was... did he did the winged hussar, right? And I did um, uh, like a hussarian spearman, sure, or a rider with right a spear, yeah. Um, and that was it. Was a lot of fun. Those models are, I mean, they're so oh, she's good. very she's a very good sculptor. Yeah, right. Um, so those, and I think that kicks. She, she's made a career out of making alternate sculpts for forty k, right? right? Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Good for her, right? Good for her. Yeah. Hell yeah, Kill, good for her. Why not? It. Yeah, it. that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, and I think that Kickstarter's. As of the as a recording is active. Oh, okay. So it might be ending before. It though. may end before this actually. All right. Ends, well, maybe you can be a late backer yeah. if you haven't checked it out yet. Yeah. And then uh, the episode that will be we'll be doing tomorrow, which is obviously what we have come and gone, uh, is for Free RPG Day. Right. But yeah. even if it has come and gone, it's all on YouTube, yep. so you can go watch back yeah. past yeah. videos. You 100%. know. Yeah. And we've got some really cool guests coming up uh, for season one. Season one ends. Um, just before Gen Con. Okay. Uh, and so we've got uh, Catalyst Game Labs. We're going to do some... So you're going to pretty much be running through July? We are going to do uh, episodes through Ju- July. And then it'll about, end about the end of July then? Yeah, I want to say it's um, the 26th of the July. That will be okay. our last episode for season and one. And then when are you going to pick back up afterwards? Uh, probably two weeks after Gen Con. Okay, so take a short break. Yeah, and, and then, then we'll right run, back at it. And then we'll run through December. Sweet. All right, well, not all through December, like... Um, yeah. I, I think we'll run up until um, the week after PAX Unplugged. Okay. Right, which is like the first weekend in December. Mm-hmm. So the the Wednesday after that will be our last episode right. of Take a holiday two. break. But that's a lot more episodes. Yeah, way more than right. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, you're looking at three or four months there. Right. Yeah. And so we're, um, I'm currently, you know, scouting out guests for next Very season cool. and stuff. Very cool. Um, I think right around uh, the beginning of, or the end of, August or end of September, I'm probably going to reach out to a. We have a, a convention here locally called Michigan GT. Mm-hmm. I've so, heard of that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I figured, you know, why not bring someone from that on to talk sure. about the GT? I know a couple of guys that yeah. might be interested in talking some painting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it might be a couple. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Turbo Dork is also, I'm doing, they're, they're after uh, Origins. Very cool. Uh, the the CEO of Turbo Dork is going to paint a dragon with me. Or nice. Yeah. I, I you know what dragons would be a good use for their paint. I agree. I uh, 
their their product is interesting. It's yeah. not totally it's not, my jam. It's not a traditional paint it's line. Not at all. Uh, but I I have some ideas floating in my head mm-hmm. for a, a few very specific projects for their right. paint. I can't see myself using it widely, mm-hmm. but I can see a couple of right. particular uses. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing is I have um, Alariel, the she's the uh, Sylvaneth queen. Okay. So my my tree lord army. Yeah. So uh, she's rides a giant beetle. That would be perfect for the that. The beetle would be perfect for that, yeah. right? Because beetles naturally yeah. look like that, yeah, right? Yeah, iridescent. Sh- right. So shifter. for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the Turbo Dork is, is like a color-shifting metallic paint. Yep. Um, and, yeah, it's it's very different. It is very different, considering they didn't start with a base acrylics. Right. Right. They're, right. It's like they, they formulated backwards. Yes. And, right. Uh, I, and I talked to Meredith about this when I, you know, when I first met her, I was like, so is there a plan to bring your base acrylics into this line? And they're like, well, you know, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but I think they teased it at Adepticon this year with their oh, red. Oh, they're going to be adding some. Well, they're, they had that blood red Adepticon Right, red, they did have the Adepticon Which was red. a base acrylic. Yes, that's true. So that, It did not color shift. It was just right, red. Just red. Which for them is a stretch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but even she admits that her the paints that they they make are very much designed for like anything that has a scale, like, right? So lizards, they're, they're and very snakes, much a, it's a project it's a project paint. Yeah, it's not a it's not a uh, broad spectrum, bro- right? It's, yeah. it's very yeah narrow. It, exactly, it is it is a but it it's is, cool. Oh, it's absolutely. neat. It's neat to see absolutely. you know some stuff out there. You yeah. know, but. Yeah, and I think that so that'll be super fun to, to work with her. And yeah, some sounds stuff. cool. And then uh, I can't remember the other. That's fine. Between oh, okay. Dave Taylor was uh, one who, of them. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. nobody knows who that yeah, guy yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. The, the, so yeah, so that there's that, and uh, the the other thing was that we I mentioned when we were talking about um, Parabellum is. They're going to be at Origins. Awesome. Uh, so again, when this drops, it'll have come and passed. Right. But uh, the, the the promotional I got today uh, was that they're going to have the Tontor and Drum Beast. Mm-hmm. Oh, today was their happy hour. Was it? Yes. Okay. Uh, and they they talked that they're going to have um, a limited supply available at Origins. It blows me away that they're that they're having a, a limited supply. Right. Just because it's not due to drop until September. Right. Because I would have thought they would have a limited supply at well, Gen Con. Well, I thought they would have a demo model. Right. So you look, so, <laughs> you can see what you could buy in September. Right. It feels early to be you know, yeah, it does. And it, releasing it, these into the wild. It, and it may be that maybe they don't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, you well, know, even so, if they had one to see in person, that would be sweet. Right. And if they do, I'll take pictures of it. Yeah, the thing's going to be yeah. giant. It's yeah. going to be like 12 inches tall. I it's going to be huge. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna, it, it, it looks monstrous. Oh, well, it's a it's monster. A, it, it's a brontosaurus. Yeah, it's a brontosaurus, and right. And then uh, in that same article, the, they had the uh, triceratop rider. Yes, they got, those guys look great, too. Yes. They do. Now, those are about to drop soon. Okay. Yeah. And it might be those that are there. Yeah. Right? Right. So. Um, well, if they want to send home some demo models with you, um, I know someone yeah. who would be interested yeah. in, in, you know the guy? in testing those out okay. for you. Yeah. All right, cool. And you never know with me. Yeah, you, you never know with you, right? Wait, what Which is I'm why I'm bringing it up. 
And I could go there and be like, hey, Daryl, what's going on? And he might be like, hey, Rick. And I'd be like, hey, those look really good. Oh, you know what would be really cool? Is it's have, one fell in my bag. And, uh, you know, Gen Con TV. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll come on Gen Con TV for an episode and paint those. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Um, and maybe even use some Turbo Dork on there. Probably yeah, not, though. Probably not. No. No. Um, but, yeah, so the, that, that's the news I have. Uh, it's it's always kind of fun, you know, to yeah. be like in the know on some weird-ass stuff. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah. I can dig it. Who can't? Right. Right on. <laughs> well, that's some good news, Rick. We'll yeah. come back in a second. We'll talk some hobby. Perfect. Acropolis Games is your home for every one of your nerdy needs. We offer an inviting and friendly atmosphere for you to play your favorite games and experience new ones. With a range of tournaments, learn-to-play events, hobby nights, leagues, and much more, Acropolis is your one-stop shop. Acropolis Games was founded in 2015 to provide a -a one-of-a-kind tabletop gaming community experience where all gamers are welcome. Whether you are brand new to tabletop games or looking to return after a hiatus, we have you covered. We invite you to join us in Adrian, Michigan and help make our community even better. Everyone is welcome and we look forward to meeting new friends. Hobby time. Hobby time. Hobby time. time. All right, it's not as good. Oh, though. man. Oh. Yeah, it's not the, yeah. the, the triplets. Right. Yeah. And we're missing Mo. Yeah. Hey, Mo. Hey. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or is he? He's more Larry than Mo, I think. I think Larry. Yeah, yeah for sure, Larry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He definitely has the the hair of Curly. Right. But the but, pre, the presence of Larry for sure. Who was the other one? There was a fourth. Shemp. Shemp. Yeah. Right. Maybe a little Shemp. May, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, Shemp was good. Larry for sure. Larry. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Yeah. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm, I'm I'll be sorry if he brings this up. I won't. What are the, what, then, then it's on. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been working on, Rick? Uh, so I've actually put together quite a few models since last, last time. Assembly, my lot of least assembly. favorite thing. Yeah, uh, whereas I like assembly. No. Um, so I put together uh, some of the Dark Legion models, uh, the, basically the starter set for... Uh, Res Nova. Res Nova's right. Warzone, the Warzone Eternal. Yeah. Um, and then I also took, uh, not I don't know how many people know this, but um, Weird, who makes Malifaux, mm-hmm. has a terrain line. Okay. I bet, I bet it looks weird. It does look weird. And has a very, like, um, Tim Burton feel. Of course. That's, well, their whole game is a Tim Burton feel, right? Right. Yeah, it feels like he just kind of walked out of the corpse bride right. or something. Right. Yeah. And or so. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Or, yeah. yeah, right. Although that, 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 did he do that, Beetlejuice? He did. Oh, I think he did. I, I think he did. Too. Yeah, but also like um, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. for sure. Um, and uh, he definitely has a style, and we he, haven't seen much out of him in a while. I, I know he. Re, the, one of the last things I saw was the, um, the Barber of Deville, movie that he did with Johnny Depp. Okay. Um, the uh, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney, which has been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while, and it was it was really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they have a train line and I, um, I have, I had most of it and I, the boxes just took up too much space. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll just put it all together. So I put, I put all of it together. Isn't it weird how assembling things takes up a lot less space than the packaging? Yes. It really does. Yeah. And it looks good. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be like, I oh, mean, I got so much stuff built up and I better put some stuff together and yeah. it just clears out a bunch of space. It does. Right. Uh, it makes, it makes a different look and the space is taken up differently. But right. 
I think it looks better. Oh, agreed. Right. Agreed. Uh, so I, I've done that. Um, That's exciting. Yeah. And the, I, I showed you the terrain before the, before we started doing the podcast mm-hmm. today. And, uh, it looked good with some airbrushing on it. I agree. I think it's it really what. Yeah. And because uh, they're one of my clients, you know, that I do video content for. Sure. And that was another reason I was like, you know, I should just put this together because right. it's only going to look better with the miniatures in front of the truck. 100%. You know, so. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. So there, that's what I've been doing hobby since cool. last time. Yeah. All right. And what was your goal for, from last episode? To build more stuff. Okay. Well, achieved. Yeah. Well, my, hobby goal achieved. Well, between. Yeah, well, let's hear what you're doing first because my next one is going to be like, good Lord. All right. So, <laughs> last episode, my goal was to finish my unit of um, Bliss Barb Archers for my Head Knights of Slanesh. Okay. I finished them last night. Okay. So, done. Nice. Uh, way behind schedule. I should have finished them way well, before. You've been busy with your rental stuff. I have been, but that's eased up, mm. and I've I went down a rabbit hole that I shouldn't have done. Ooh, do tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ended up getting Diablo 4 oh, on my, on my computer. Oh, no. And I, I don't play a lot of video games. Right. Uh, but because I had been slaving so hard on those rental units, I just felt like... Treat yourself. Not only treat myself, but just sitting there and vegging out. Yeah. Right? That you know, sense. I just, I needed that kind of yeah. break. Yeah. So yeah, I picked it up last week, and okay. it's I've been doing a lot of hack and slashing for yeah. the last week. It has been a lot of fun. Right. I mean, um, it's a good. It as far as a, a series of games, Diablo is a good game. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's just I'm having a good time, but it is not deep. Okay. Right. It's sure. very hack and slash is a great word. It's very hack and slash. Perfect. Um, having a I'm playing a druid. Oh jeez. So it, it's actually. Pretty fun. Okay. Um, so he, like, specializes in, in um, fighting and casting spells. Right. And you have, like, your your mana that you use to mm-hmm. cast the spells with, you right. know. And, like, the, the wizards, you, like, drink potions and wait, and it, your mana raises back up. Well, the right. druid, the way you raise your mana back up is to slay enemies. Yes. <laughs> so it's like... You know, you cast a bunch of spells, then you get yeah. beat up a bunch of guys, and then oh, you cast a bunch glorious. more spells. It's just fun. That and glorious. you can it, summon cool storms, lightning storms, and throw rocks at people, and it's... It sounds great. It's fun. Yeah. I've, I've been having a lot of fun with it. I, I kind of feel like if I were to pick up another video game, it'd probably be that one. Because uh, I don't... Like you, I don't play video games almost never. I almost never do. Um, right. I have... So I didn't even play Diablo three. I okay. played one and two, right. skipped three entirely, right. uh, which was ten years ago that it came out. Yeah. Um, there's only three titles that I will buy every time it comes out. Okay, what's the other one? Uh, well, Diablo is not one of them. Oh, <laughs> I, I just oh, bought okay. this on the just because some guys at work were talking about it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. This sounds like fun. Okay. Um, so the three titles I will buy every time they come out is one is Civilization. Okay. Hundred percent best game ever made. Right, yeah, great game. Um, the other two are both by the same company. Is uh, Skyrim or Elder Scrolls? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, and <laughs> that's what I was gonna tell you. Fallout. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, um, Fallout. Yeah, Bethesda it, does make some good. Fallout stuff. is the coolest IP in video games. Really? Oh yeah, that fifties mm. nuclear Fallout shelter. Sure. 
the the whole Pip Boy thing yeah. they got going on. It is just cool, and they do it perfect. Okay, you know you're rolling around in, in the wilderness and you're seeing these old fifty style diners and gas stations right. with the rockets and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's my it's my aesthetic. It's it's a perfect aesthetic. Yeah, it, it's, uh. it's just they just hit a home run with it in the original Fallout, which I played back in right. the 90s. Right. Um, and every time they they reboot it with a new edition, mm-hmm. they knock it out of the park again. Nice. They deliver every time. So when I lived in Maryland. Of course. Right. Uh, yeah, Beth- it, Bethesda, Maryland right. is where they make the game. Right. So uh, so I wrote, I, I, I helped with uh, the creation of a book called um, The Overstreet Guide to... Uh, um, collecting tabletop games. Okay. Um, and one of the individuals that I interviewed mm-hmm. for that is the lore master for Fallout. Oh, that's cool. Because he has one of the largest board game collections. Doesn't surprise me. Right? Yeah, and it doesn't so surprise me. so we interviewed him, and we uh, went down into the photo shoot at his mm-hmm. house and tried to take his photos. Do you have a fall shelter in his basement kind no, of thing? No, nothing like that. Oh, okay. Um, but he's, he'll be at Origins this oh, week. That's cool. It's, it's one of the, that and Gen Con, he's at, at every year. Okay. Um, he's a good dude. Uh, and then, uh, for Skyrim and Elder Scrolls, mm-hmm. the head lore master for years up until I want to say a year and a half ago. Right. Was, um, uh, Zeb Cook. Okay. Who is the guy who basically wrote second edition Dungeons and Dragons. All right. And Planescape, if you remember Planescape. Yep, I remember Planescape, yeah. yeah. He was, he was, is he related to Monty Cook? He is not. Oh, okay. No. Just coincidental name. Just All right. Yeah. Very um, cool. And Zeb lived in Maryland and he came on... Some of the sure. I've done. Uh, oh, and both those games. And they're both amazing. They're both amazing. Yeah. Right. I mean, talk about just massive, impressive worlds. Yeah. Just so cool. Yeah. And I've and I've played. I'm on. You know, we're not young pups by right. any means at this point, but I've played both of them from their origins. I've right. played the Elder Scrolls Arena, mm-hmm. and I played Fallout One. Right. Both, and finished them both. I've. I've played every single one to their end. Right. And um, I love both of those IPs. And like I said, and Civilization, which, right. of course, like it's, I said, it's, it's it, the greatest game of all time. It is it is a classic, and it is great. I, yeah. For you, it could be the greatest game. No, it's, uh, it is the greatest game so of all time. The one I'll I, fight you on as, as far as video games? Yeah. All right. So the one that I played a lot, and the reason I, I would categorize it as one of my favorite and probably greatest games of all time is because my son... Nevin, it was like one of our bonding games. Okay. Right, and so that's why I categorize it so high, is Age of Empires. All right. And that that series. Okay. Yeah. Which right. is also good. Which is basically civilization. Not as good as civilization. But it is civilization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but, part of civilization. Right. Uh, right. But when I, Civilization, the replayability of it is insane. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, just so many different ways to win, so many different civilizations to play as. Right. Uh, just the number of hours you can dump into that game is yeah, it's ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Yeah, the, the, the which replay. is why I don't play a lot of video yeah, games, the, right? The value of it is is definitely there. When, oh, hundred percent. And just like the Diablo, I couldn't believe how much they're charging right. for video games right now right. when I when I bought that. I mean, let me ask: Was it seventy bucks? Uh, really? <laughs> right. Okay, so if it's more than seventy bucks, that's crazy. Right. I think the bare minimum version was seventy. Okay. Um, I was a little bit higher than that. Okay. And uh. But it comes with some. Was this on Steam? No, they don't sell it on Steam. You gotta use. Oh, you gotta do a real buy. You gotta use the Blizzard version of Steam. 
Oh. They're not uh, giving no money to Steam. Okay. Mofos. Uh, all right. Kind of like the Hasbro version of sure. Kickstarter now, right? right? Yeah. Interesting. Why give someone else the money when you can do it yourself? Yeah, it makes it makes all the sense yeah. in the world, right? Yeah, Especially when you got World of Warcraft and yeah. they got a number of titles to support yeah. Yeah. their own little Steam thing. Okay. Because I just recently bought it. Yeah, because I went to Steam to buy it. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean it's not on here? I yeah. had to Google how to buy it. <laughs> How to buy it? I'm like, I'm like, oh, what's that? That's super funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's how into video games yeah. I am, right? I didn't even know that they well, had their that, own thing. It also thing. speaks to our age, right? Hundred percent. Right? Uh, I recently bought a game on Steam for my son, uh, the new Jedi, uh, like Star Wars oh, Jedi sure. one, uh, and it was like seventy bucks. Yeah. I was just like, what? that's what they're going for. Like, and like I said, I got the version because when I started comparing them, yeah, the three tiers, I'm like, yeah. well. If one expansion comes out that I want to get, right, it's going to be the same price, and might as well just get it built in so that when they come out with right. the next character class, I get it. Nice. So what it's probably a waste of money. So what are you working on between now model and, wise? Yeah, All right. So now and next episode. Right. I'm I'm hopefully coming off of the Diablo hardcore yeah. kick now. Okay. Right. Um, gotten the scratch the itch, yeah. you know, so I can now only play for a little while. If I want to, I don't have to sink hours at a time into right. it. Um, so last night, actually, I mm. started working on the Hephaestian, Hephaestian, however you want to say it, mm. uh, the giant for the city-states for Conquest. Yeah. So uh, he is the, they're basically like gods or like. Like um, titans. Titans or like avatars of the god. Okay. Because yeah, Hephaestus is the god of like fire and creation. Or yes, whatever. he is. Right. And so uh, this is his avatar, and so he um, he has, like, this really cool outstretched hand that's, like, molten, right? So it looks like it's, like, a lava-based yeah. hand. So it's got these big crust plates, you know, and, like, the molten yeah, the, the molten veins kind of. Yeah, yeah, however you want to say it. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of... I worked on the the um, heat portion of the model last mm-hmm. night. I got okay. the the basics for that, right. uh, even beyond basics, right? The the depths of color that's right. going to go into that the heat coming out from underneath the right. model. So I, I put all the time into that last night. Nice. So I'm really happy with how it came out, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. Right. Um, but in the meeting now, I have to start working on uh, other portions of it and not get it on the heat. Right. right, that's going to be the challenge is right. is covering up these other areas of the model, because um, I really want to do the skin tones with my airbrush, right. and so I got to be very, very. You're going to make some paper mache uh, uh, cutouts, uh, card cuts that slide in perfectly so that you can spray the air you want to. Or something like yeah. that, right? I got to be real careful around the hair, right? Because sure. he's got this flaming hair, mm-hmm. um, so. Yeah, that's the next challenge, right? right to, cool. to get in there real tight. I can do it. I've yeah. done it, yeah. right? I have experience doing it, yeah. and um, some cool tricks have been taught to me by some very talented airbrush artists right. that I've, you know, climbed under their wing and yeah. you know and, and learned some things from them. Sure. And um, in fact, I know he doesn't teach a lot of classes at this point, but mm-hmm. if you ever have a chance to go to the the large mod, the large creature class from the CK Studios puts on. Okay. It's really good at building that confidence okay. to uh, really get those areas of the model right up against other stuff that you've already airbrushed. Right. You know, because that can be really intimidating. I have no doubt. You know, when 
all right, I got this looking really good. Let's not F it up, right? Right. You know, and that's the that's the challenge. Sure. So I want to do the skin tones real bad mm-hmm. because it, with it being such a big model, it's probably eight inch, nine inches tall. So it's a mm-hmm. pretty good size model. Right. And with that large of a canvas, it really lends to hitting it with the airbrush and getting that smooth right. blending that only the airbrush can do. Right. So I'm hoping to knock the skin out and then, um, you know, the... I'm going with green for their cloths. Right. So I'll do the green with the airbrush as well. Nice. And then the rest, I'll get out the analog brushes and start. Analog brushes. Yeah. I like it. Thanks. It's all analog. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, my goal by next episode is to have him done. Nice. Which I think is doable. Yeah, I, I would think so. Yeah, how about you? What do you want to get done? So I've got a lot coming up in the next, I mean. You're busy. You're going out of months. town. Right. So I'm going out of town, and then I come back, and then I have Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. That weekend, right. and then I have a couple weeks, uh, but that next episode is like right after Comic Con. Right. So between now and then, um, I only have a couple days to actually put effort into. Not much then. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just, go light. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, sort miniatures for the paint and take. Okay. That I need to get ready because. And then something on path of the brush. Yeah. And well, you may stuff. not paint much this week in Origins. So, so, so at Origins, I, I'm, I'm painting, I am going to be painting one of the WizKids offerings for Free RPG Day. Okay. Which is like this Hellspawn uh, Wasp. Nice. Which should be really fun. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, they're pre-packaged kits that come with paint. And I'm just going to show, you know, this is what you're going to get. And this is the paint kit. And just kind of talk about what Free RPG Day is and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, sounds cool. Um, I, but I won't have any guests. Maybe some surprise guests might pop in. Some pop-ins. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see. Some impromptu guests. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, well, and then uh, next episode, yeah. we're going to have a special challenge for the following episode. Which will be Battletech, right? Yeah. Yeah, we got to yeah. do The Battletech challenge will start yeah. Yeah, next have, episode. Yeah. So that'll be fun to follow each other's progress through that. Which is funny because I think during that time block, I will be doing a interview with catalyst oh that's perfect right oh very cool yeah i wonder if they'll let you paint some of those models on the on the feed i'm, I'm sure i'll be able to paint whatever i want all right well, that'd be cool <laughs> i'll be like yeah i gotta get this done yeah no shit. <laughs> all right well cool i think that about yeah. wraps up hobby yeah, i think so too excellent well good chatting with you rick yeah you too and we'll see you in a couple weeks peace Winged Hussar Publishing is the publisher of military history and tie-in fiction for some of the popular tabletop war games today. They are available at all good booksellers, but if you like, visit us at whpsupplyroom.com to see more about our products and order directly. (laughs) 